Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, equipping us to grow into a deeper walk with Christ. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Realfaith.org.au. Basically, all of a sudden, there was like a conflict that occurred at our church. And yeah, the world just completely changed for the next maybe four months. And, and they're trying to continue to lead people who are also going through a lot, uh, you know, wondering and asking questions as to why everything had happened the way it had. So it was a very tough time. Welcome to Real Faith. Conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Once again, our guest is Melanie Saywood, who is author of the book, Ministry Stinks. One Leader's Journey from Despair to Joy. Also, she's read the book, Disillusioned, When You Get Lost, Following Jesus. So I guess you can tell by those titles that things haven't always gone smoothly for her, and that there's been some bumps along the way of her faith journey. So once again, we've invited her to the program to share about those bumps and how she has overcome those bumps. Welcome back to the program, Melanie Saywood from Brisbane. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you with us back on the program. And the last time we stopped it, just when things were very, very confusing in your life, you're about 30 years old, you're married and you have a child, and you are doing what you absolutely love, being in ministry, but you're finding out that you're being stretched, and well, your daughter misses you. Take us back to what was going on in your life at that point. Yeah, sure. So I really just came to the point where I knew I had to do things different. And, you know, I stepped back and I tried to use all of the strategy and wisdom that I had and, you know, of course, prayer and seeking God Mm -hmm. to work out how I was going to continue doing this because clearly that's what he wanted for me to be doing and be able to manage all the other responsibilities. And so in in a sense, I came up with some boundaries. I came up with um, ways for me to work that would make me more efficient so that I wasn't spending, you know, stacks of time doing things that were a waste of time, really. I continued to have ups and downs in my ministry journey. I was working there for about four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so there were different things that I would get challenged with at different times. But towards the end of my time there, I think it was probably maybe the third, halfway through the third year, I was actually doing quite well. I felt like I had quite a you know balance going on and I was definitely kicking some goals as well in terms of ministry. We'd had a whole bunch of small groups open, that we, a number of groups that we'd never had before. But basically, all of a sudden, there was a conflict that occurred at our church and, yeah, the world just completely changed for the next maybe four months mm-hmm. and it ended up being so devastating and basically our, our senior pastor was removed from his position mm-hmm. and then 10 staff members also resigned. And so, you know, we basically had half the staff at working there, yeah, and we were all going through our own stuff as well, like trying to come to terms with the fact that something so significant apparently had happened that required such a drastic change. And then trying to continue to lead people who were also going through a lot, you know, wondering and asking questions as to why everything had happened the way it had. So So was this like a church split? Amazingly, we didn't split, but it was purely the grace of God, I think, that it didn't. Like, it was 
like a very tense place to work. And yeah, we did have like a whole bunch of people leave, but I wouldn't call it a split. It was probably a lot less people than we thought that would. Uh, but it was still devastating to be a staff member there and to think that there were things that were going on behind the scenes that we had no idea about that mm. for some reason seemed worthy of the kind of actions that were taken was quite devastating. So, mm. is this where the disillusionment comes in with your second book? It started to, it started to, certainly did. So, I came back the following year and very much felt like I was meant to stick it out, so I stayed for another year. But that year was a terribly difficult year, and it was just so much lack of trust amongst the staff, and there was, you know, all sorts of little infighting things that were happening behind the scenes. And, you know, I can remember going home feeling very depressed quite a lot. Um, but then towards the end of the year, I felt like I was like sort of thinking, yeah, I don't know, like, is God sort of redirecting me again? And I was writing something. I was basically writing a study for our small groups to do the following year. And I'm writing it and I'm thinking, gee, this is a really good study. And it was kind of like, oh, I think I should be writing. And then for the next week, I couldn't get it out of my mind. I was thinking, man, it'd be so fun to just write and to write and to write. So I finished up about, I think it was like December by the time I fully finished up. And then the beginning of that following year, which was 2019, I just was completely surprised by it. It was about three months of just being in pain and feeling depressed and feeling like I had been abandoned by God. And mm. You know, even though it was a choice of my own, for some reason I had felt like I didn't have a choice in the choice, which was really weird. And it was probably a month into that that I was able to put an A to it and then it was disillusioned. And I went, oh, wow, okay, I'm pretty disillusioned. I probably need to do something about this because it feels quite awful. And I had met up with the pastor at the time and they told me the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which is amazing that that story comes up again. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that they had gone into the furnace and they had come out and there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. And it suddenly became my vision that, you know, for my life, I'm not going to walk away from everything that happened and allow the enemy to have still got his smoke into my clothes. I want to be completely rid of this. Mm-hmm. So- the Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back, Gutterer. And today, once again, I'm chatting with author Melanie Saywood. This time, we're focusing on her second book, Disillusion, When You Get Lost, Following Jesus. As we heard before the break, Melanie became disillusioned herself while working in ministry. But instead of getting stuck there and sinking in despair, she really pressed into the Lord and learned some valuable lessons and then inspired her to write a book to help others in similar circumstances, including myself. 
I think if we really believe that our faith is as amazing as it is, if we really believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that our faith can change us, then that's what motivated me to want to sit in this and to work through it. Because it's got to be the wrong piece of road, right? Like I can't say that I'm a believer and I do all these things and they're not allowed to change me and fool me. So really what I've learned about disillusionment is that it is it's actually very rampant, like in society and in the church, yeah. but there is a hope that we have when we have Jesus. That every you know every circumstance we go through is really an opportunity for us to rework in us and be transformed. And so, really, in essence, what I'm trying to say is, is that we we need to understand disillusionment. We need to understand how the enemy uses it because I can tell you, he stands to gain from it. Oh, but we're walking this tightrope where. It can be something that brings glory to God or it's something that the enemy can, you know, use to his advantage. And so we walk that tightrope by learning to understand it and, and just going, okay, this is disillusionment, this is not. And in the book, I actually talk about some statements that people who are disillusioned make because, you know, there's actually some really common things that people who are disillusioned say. So it makes it a lot easier for us to identify it in ourselves. Um, the second thing is that we need to, like, mourn it because one of the things that we're not good at is recognising that something has really hurt us and that there is just a time where we just need to recognise that this is going to hurt for a little while. Like, it did hurt leaving, like, leaving that role and having to confront all of the expectations I had about life was painful. And so I was trying not to filter that. Whereas in previous circumstances in life, I tried to filter that and I tried to go, oh, no, 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 you know, a bit of faith and no, 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 we, yeah. we need to think positively. But really what I needed to do was actually go, yes, you're right, this doesn't feel great and that yeah. really hurt. And so it actually allows you to get over things quicker, I think, when you confront it and, and mourn it like that, when you yeah. recognise that something has taken a toll on you. And you and I have spoken before we started to record that uh, for me personally, I'm right in the middle of mourning. As I told you, uh, I was led to the Lord by a famous Christian apologist who I found out recently was living a double life, you know, one life very Christian and the other life very not Christian. And talk about disillusionment. You know, this is somebody who brought me into the whole kingdom of God as far as, you know, faith and reading the books and all that kind of stuff. And it's just really disheartening. And uh, It is. It is, yeah. But what you're saying here is I need to mourn that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the thing is is that we have this tendency to want to hide things that we're experiencing, hmm. but the truth is that God already knows and he yeah. already knows that we're experiencing it. So who are we trying to hide it from? Is it just ourselves then? Because he already knows. Hmm. So yeah. the whole thing with mourning it is... It's recognising that something, it's, it sounds very morbid, but something that we've had an expectation of has actually died. It's basically been shown to us to not be real. Yeah, and it's a loss. It's a loss. And so, you know, with any loss, like, you need to mourn it. You need mm-hmm. to recognise yeah. that this is actually hurt and, and it's okay that this is hurt. Yeah, it hurts and, yeah. and I'm sad. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not always going to feel that way. Mm. But it's allowing that feeling to be acknowledged and not to be dismissed. Because it has more ability to do things in us when we're able to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. 
So, so if you, you could, could kind of help, help me some more here. Uh, so, so to help you get through this. <laughs> uh, so, so part of it, going back to your first point, is for me to just understand what happened. Or that men are sinful. As humans, yeah. we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And sometimes that happens. It's so like a kick in the gut. But I'm yeah. not perfect. So, you know, it helps you understand that people letting you down, human beings letting you down, is a possibility in life. Absolutely. I mean, what I will say is that sometimes you've got to give time for the morning process mm-hmm. to finish before you start trying to theorise why this happened or what. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you're in that place of hurt, mm-hmm. your judgment of things, even when you say it's something, it can be just it's too wrong. Yes, it's too fresh. And there's nothing you can tell yourself for that pain mm-hmm. to go away. If you feel that pain, you feel that pain. So, you know, but then when that time has come where it's now, you know, you can sit down and start trying to understand it. One of the key things that I talk about in the book, and which is what I did for myself, is I made it really clear to myself in writing what it was I was expecting. What do you mean? Like, what was I expecting of a Christian leader, for instance? What was I expecting of that person? Well, that they had integrity and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these things are realistic. Like, it's not that we're saying that it's not realistic, Mm -hmm. but it's like, what did I expect? This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.